quick segment called Among the Stones. Okay. Okay, you're good. All right, so we're here today with a good friend of mine, Taylor Overmiller. We're Among the Stones, as we like to say. Um, owner of Portland Outdoor Athletics, certified Spartan coach, multiple-time uh, race winner of obstacle courses, just a phenomenal athlete. So we're just going to ask him a few questions. Uh, welcome to Couch Potato Garage, by the way. Yes, thanks for having me. So, uh, what motivates you to compete? Um, what motivates me to compete, really it's a lifestyle thing for me. Uh, competing is just one piece of the puzzle. Um, the process of training and that regular regiment of just working through multiple progressions and um, being the best that I can be. Uh, is just the lifestyle that I like to live. Um, my faith definitely ties into that as well, where um, I kind of feel like it's what I'm called to do, and I feel like living the competitive athlete lifestyle that I enjoy living is uh, where I'm supposed to be right now. So I'll continue to do that until um, told otherwise or, or given an indication that that needs to change. And I have a lot of years doing that now, and uh, competing is really just a way that you test your progress and it's also a way to keep training honest and consistent right. um, because without having some sort of regularly scheduled test on the calendar, it's really easy to keep procrastinating and pushing back and uh, you know, not being quite as intense with um, the practice sessions and the workouts as I probably should be. And I don't think I'm alone there. I think lots of other people like to follow that. I mean, when you put a... When you sign up for a half marathon and you got yeah. you know several months left to go and it starts weighing on you like I've only been running seven eight miles I didn't pick it up because in two months I'm gonna be doing true. thirteen and I'm in trouble if I don't so definitely doesn't allow you to procrastinate when you got that circled on your calendar and you know what's coming yes sir very true uh, and also you know building your outer temple like you said I really think that's uh, huge yeah uh, what do you consider your greatest athletic achievement? Yeah, you gave me a warning of this one. I'm, I'm still not sure exactly what I'd go with. Um, I think for me, breaking the two-minute barrier in the 800-meter um, race in high school and track and field is really big. So that's basically two laps on the track or about half a mile. Uh, and in that world, like one really big barrier is getting under two minutes. Yeah. Um, so it's something I've been working specifically for for three years straight by the time I graduated high school. And what happened was... Um, the second to last meet of the year, which was our district meet, I did it, but it was in a relay. And anyone that follows the world of track knows that technically, if you do um, a time in a relay or what's called a split, it's it doesn't really count as doing it like for real, um, right. just with the way the exchanges work. So think of like if you're watching the Olympics when you see people doing a relay where they pass the baton. Um, there's an exchange zone they have to pass the baton within. If you receive the baton really late in the exchange zone, then you pass it off really early. Essentially, your race is shorter right. than um, some of the other legs of your relay. So uh, that, that's kind of one of the reasons why it's like, okay, I, I did it, but I didn't. You know, exactly. As far as the college recruiters were concerned, I hadn't done it. So for me, it came down to crunch time where literally it was like, an Eminem song playing out. I had one shot, and it was yeah. like state. It was my last chance to make it happen. Um, and in the finals of the state meet, I, I ran a 158.99 nice. and got under that two-minute barrier. And that was uh, like a really, really big deal for me and a nice culmination of literally consecutive years of hard work and dedication that 
paid off and it's a huge weight off my shoulders heading into my college career knowing that I got that monkey off my back and broke that big barrier. And do it in the finals too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's even better. Yeah. So let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum and uh, what's your greatest blunder and or injury? Yeah, um, I think my blunder would, my greatest blunder would play out as an injury. Um, I had a pretty intense um, high hamstring tear, or partial tear on my, my right hamstring up near my butt when I was a sophomore in high school. So basically, the first year that I decided I was going all in on the running thing, um, that long story short, I, I was doing some workouts that I shouldn't have. And I, I learned the hard way that that saying, uh, pain is just weakness leaving the body, doesn't always apply because uh, <laughs> I, I caused myself an injury through trying to fight through pain. Um, so yeah, kind of a sad scenario. I was a 16 year old who went from being in you know really good competitive shape to barely being able to walk like that and had to spend the rest of that season watching my teammates. Um, but I think one thing important to say with that, that blunder, that injury, is that that really ignited a fire in my belly for what I wanted to do. Like Before I got injured, uh, I think like many of our youth athletes in particular can relate to, uh, I'd, some days I'd almost wish I got hurt. Like, oh man, you know, I don't have to do this really painful workout if I just had a little excuse. Yeah. And then I got hurt and it was like, I, I, it was like a knife to the heart because I had some flashbacks thinking of like those days I'd sort of sometimes yep. a little bit wish that I was hurt to get out of it. And now that I was hurt and couldn't do it, it is the worst thing ever. Like I was, wouldn't willing to give anything to get back out there and run with my teammates. So, um, it's like that injury set me back one season for sure, but I think it really forced me to like stay focused and realize how short even a four-year high school or four-year collegiate career is and make the most of every season because you don't know when one's going to be taken away from you. I think it's a valuable lesson learned. Uh, in playing football, I, I have the same thing. You do hitting drills and you're like, man, if I just you know had some little tiny injury, I wouldn't have to be just absolutely running into brake trains right now. Right. You get injured and you just want to be out on the field. You want to be there, and it just changes your mindset. I think it leaps, you know, multiple levels for your mindset to change once you've actually been watching uh -huh. your teammates and you can't go out there and fight the fight with them. Yep, yep, exactly. Which, and all the all the real hardcore athletes that I know have an injury story. It's almost like this process that everyone has to learn the hard way. Yeah. Um, people can tell you to listen to your body, tell you to back off, whatever, but then you have that injury that just like slaps reality in your face and still to this day if i'm not careful with my bad hamstring it'll flare up and that was 14 years ago yeah. so i think yeah. leah cleach the athlete or star athlete you have to have the drive to uh persevere and overcome and mm -hmm. with that Absolutely. mentality you're gonna push yourself so far that eventually you're gonna injure yourself and you're gonna have to learn the hard way because you have to have that mindset to get to the highest levels yep yeah i think it's one of those ways that like physical training ties over to real life because it forces those qualities of resilience yep. and patience and um, just like steady endurance and keeping at it and persistence because otherwise, what are you gonna do? Otherwise you're tapped out and your career is called short, yeah. Exactly. Uh, what is one of your current major athletic goals? To get back to racing, man. Like uh, getting over the COVID stuff would be cool. But normally this time of year, I'd be feeling like I'm in, um, pretty encouraging shape there'd be a few race wins under the belt and you'd be kind of already setting your eyes on how you'd want the the season to end in the fall um i'd say one 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 goal in particular that's really been on my radar has been um making the podium in a spartan race in the elite yeah. heat uh 
I have more of a track and field background, uh, but have over the past few years converted over to obstacle course racing. And out here in the Pacific Northwest, the kind of gold standard for competitions in the obstacle course racing world are these Spartan races. Um, and one reason that I like to focus on those is that, uh, you know, the world of track and field, kind of like my event focused on my strength. It's like if you plotted out all my athletic qualities, my, my strength was like basically being a long sprinter and I tried to like focus that one category as high as I could. Whereas these Spartan races, a couple of the categories that they test heavily on are hill running and grip strength. And those are two areas that I'm complete garbage at naturally. Um, so in training for these Spartan races, it basically forces me to become a more level, well-rounded athlete overall and uh, forces me to focus in on and hone in on my uh, natural weaknesses where basically if I can go to a Spartan race and hold my own, I know that I've done a really good job of kind of filling the gaps in my athletic repertoire. Awesome. Now, speaking of Spartan races and all that, uh, I read recently you uh, just got onto Beast Team for yeah. OCR, so tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, so the biggest team in the obstacle course racing world in the Pacific Northwest is called Beasts OCR. And um, the Beasts are very well organized and they have a website and all that. Feel free to follow them, Beast OCR on Facebook and Instagram. Um, there's a really good community. If you're ever at one of these Spartan races or really any obstacle course race that has like a festival area where people are hanging out afterwards, they're probably the biggest group of people hanging out. They're super inviting and welcoming. So honestly, just like, go over and say hey to anyone. You can even name drop me. Say, hey, I saw a thing about Taylor. Does anyone know him? And I guarantee that's your icebreaker for someone to talk to you. Um, but they're very inviting and this organization is big enough and uh, has enough structure that within them, they're able to have what they call a pro team. So yeah. basically um, a uh, competitive, a, a small roster competitive team that wears the jersey and represents their organization and their brand at competition. So this year is my first year being on that with my wife. Nice. And I know she's killing it too. She's doing what she can, yeah. She's really awesome. fit. Yeah. And uh, in 2017, you kind of really got into OCR. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, 2018 came and you just went on an absolute tear and started <laughs> winning all kinds of competitions and podium. And it's like no one could beat you at that time almost. What changed from 2017 to 2018 where you just went on this big winning streak and decided to uh, really amp up your game? And yeah, um, it's a good question. I think I figured out some things both in how to train for the obstacle course racing thing and also really identified some weaknesses of my own. Um, you know, back in 2017, I wouldn't have been able to so confidently say, I suck at grip strength and hill running naturally. Right. I kind of had to find that out the hard way um, racing and coming out real, realizing, shoot, I have all this foot speed, but I don't even get to take advantage of it if I'm stuck falling off the obstacles. Um, and that's kind of one unique thing about this obstacle course racing realm, which attracts a lot of people, is that it tests so many different athletic skills um, and fitness qualities in one competition where it's really this balancing act. Um, and so it's very common for people who are training for that to, to struggle with finding the right balance of well, I want to get better at running, but when I get better at running, my legs are too tired for weightlifting, or vice versa. If I yeah. weightlift hard, my legs finally get strong enough, but now I don't have the lungs because I don't have enough energy in my legs to So it's like this balance, right? Um, so it's kind of a combination of that, just through trial and error, staying persistent, trying to keep positive, and knowing that um, myself as an athlete, I don't really have very many natural talents, but uh, 
I seem to respond well to training if I can go about it really smart. So usually when I'm introduced to a new activity, there's a little bit of a lag. Right. I usually don't show too well at the beginning, but once I can figure it out um, and start to really find out what training works well for me, then, then I can kind of leapfrog off of that. Um, so it's kind of a combination of that, just figuring out some different things about myself and the training. Um, and also, I really wanted to establish my, my brand, Portland Outdoor Athletics. Right. Nobody knew about it. So uh, I figured, you know, the better I can do as an athlete and try to kind of divert attention towards the brand, uh, it'll be easier to support my family um, through establishing that business. Um, and I definitely have found like a direct relationship between how I'm competing as an athlete and how much attention the business is getting because I'm pretty upfront and open to people about how the way I train myself is also the way that I'll train them. So basically the process kind of goes, I test things out of myself, see how it performs on the race course, assess from there and yep. then the, the things that go well I'll then implement with my trainees and then they can see the benefits from that in and that's their the most effective well. way to do I mean I've mm -hmm. seen some trainers and you're just like I think you need a trainer and it's just like yeah. how you yeah you doing? You know? I never want to be that that's like my nightmare scenario yeah, I've seen it and it's just you gotta do it <laughs> yeah you gotta prove yourself so that's great um I know you're coming off a foot injury how you doing how you feeling I am think, uh, you're about a, what percentage you at right now? Um, I think I'm upper 90s. I'm pretty darn close to 100. Uh, you you had asked earlier what my goals were for the season. Yeah, if you'd asked three, four months ago, I would have said just getting stinking healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I basically, I, I realized, thinking about it, I had the longest time, I was forced to have the longest time away from running, um, basically since that hamstring injury yeah. I mentioned when I was 16. Um in September, yeah, I just had this foot thing, and basically, like, imagine if your knuckles are kind of squeezed, like, it's happened on my feet, but someone's doing with their hands, if you're getting, like, gentle pressure on your knuckles from something like, say, having shoes that are a little too tight, eventually one of your knuckles has to buckle, right, to, like, yep. allow the spacing. Well, basically, on my left side, my fourth digit, or right next to my pinky, that, that knuckle is kind of buckling down. And so what was happening was that was like taking way more impact than the rest of my foot right. and just kind of beating the piss out of those nerves. Okay. So I worked my way up to um, being able to do these mountain runs, which is really fun, like literally run up and down two, three hours. Mountains, super fun, but when you're coming down, that's just huge impact. Oh, yeah. And if your feet aren't fitting right, every pounding step coming down that mountain, if it's focused, yeah, it's, it's just no bueno. And... I didn't really figure out what even the problem was until kind of later on, and that definitely helped me um, take steps towards fixing it. But even now, I have like little inserts in my shoes yeah. that kind of divert the pressure away from that. So it's kind of an ongoing thing, but I, I've figured out how to how to kind of work some tricks around it. Lucky for me, I have a brother who's in uh, physical therapist school, and awesome. he kind of recommended these for me. So that was kind of the life hack. I was doing all the things, icing yeah. and stretching and getting frustrated with the results but uh i was doing what i could you know stair climber machines swimming biking doing all the annoying rehab things um for three months stuck doing that and then yeah i, I spent about a month or two kind of converting all the cross training i had done back over to like real running and real sport specific right. workouts um yeah and now now i'd say we're just about just awesome. about to 100 percent yeah good good to hear yeah i know uh here in the Pacific Northwest, a huge event we have is called Hood to Coast Relay, mm -hmm. and everybody thinks that the first leg running down a hill is one of the easiest, and just surprised me how 
much harder it is than people realize and how much they get smashed trying to do that first leg because they're not used to running straight down a hill the whole time. Yeah. So that's an awful actual leg to do. For sure. That'd be my last pick, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what advice do you have for the average person trying to get fit and healthy? Um, for the average person trying to get fit and healthy, I think number one most important thing is accountability. Uh, you've got to find someone other than yourself to be accountable to. Uh, if you're in a position where you're asking yourself what to do differently, thinking that you should be doing something more, uh, the vast majority of the time, it's just because you're not reporting to someone. If, the reality is if you're just stuck reporting to yourself, well, that's how you got here in the first place of asking the question what needs to change. So um, that can come in the form of a coach, obviously. Uh, that can come in the form of even spouses, significant others, setting a goal for each other and making that agreement like, hey, on those days where you're not motivated, I get to tell you to come on out and do it anyways. And on the days that I'm not that motivated, you get to tell me to come on out. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I'm gonna be pushing people towards training because uh, I really believe in that, which is part of the reason why I got into the industry. Um, but there are some ways that some people can work around it. Uh, on rare occasion, I'll actually make plans for people that, are, that can't train with me in person. Usually that's because they're living too far away and the commute in for training face-to-face -face just wouldn't make sense. And for those people, that is um, oftentimes the number one place I start, is I'll say, who are the people close to you in your life uh, that can help keep you accountable? You know, yeah. oh, you have a, your best friend really likes to go biking? Cool, she's your accountability partner for your yeah. cardio days. Um, your wife is really into yoga, I know you don't think it's a tough guy thing to do, but I want you to go with her once a day. She's going to keep you flexible. Yeah. She's your flexibility accountability partner. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Accountability. Can't, can't beat it. There's a reason why it's absolutely unheard of for Olympic medalists to train alone. Yeah. I, I, nobody does it. They've all got groups and coaches. That's why we have a trio here. I mean, I got my brother and my nephew here, and we keep each other accountable. Yeah. And that's what we started Couch Potato Strong for. Um, but definitely check this guy out Taylor Overmiller phenomenal coach phenomenal athlete anything you want to wrap up and say it's yours any plugs I mean if you need a coach this guy's the guy to go to I've <laughs> had a privilege of being able to work out with him a couple times and he's just amazing so anything you want to say any final thoughts um, yeah feel free to check out Portland Outdoor Athletics uh, PortlandOutdoorAthletics.com we're also on Facebook and Instagram uh, shout out to the Beast OCR like I said if you're thinking about trying out the sport but it looks scary and all that i guarantee there are plenty of people in your exact same situation um, they're welcome and inviting to anyone who wants to be a part of that uh, so yeah hit them up um, who else to plug thanks to my wife she definitely makes the fitness journey much more enjoyable and uh, he won't see this or understand what's going on but my little buddy fox my, my running partner there's another accountability partner for you if you have dogs uh, a good dog is a tired dog, so run with them and uh, they'll help you get in miles and probably make your life a lot easier when you tucker them out. So Get two Huskies. They never run out of energy. You need to run them. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Two Huskies will do it. I think that's all for plugs. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. And yeah. Let's have some fun, huh? Let's have some fun. All right. These guys are going to kick my butt. <laughs>